time for Rush Hour with Danny Burke, presented by Bet Rivers. It is that time, folks. Welcome into another edition of Rush Hour presented by Bet Rivers. I'm Danny Burke, your host, right here on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network, and we are live in Des Plaines, Illinois, out of the Bet Rivers Sportsbook. And tonight on the program, Jeff Parles, fellow VSIN host of VSIN's Bet Centers, on the weekend. So he'll be going over tonight's baseball slate in about 45 minutes. We'll also take a look. At some NFL odds, specifically with one division being the AFC North with some interesting movements today. We'll kind of recap some of the draft moves that each respective team made in that division and which one could present a good betting opportunity. Then I got a plain prop shelf for tonight. One of the top games of the night being the Bucks and the Nets. And furthermore, within that game, we'll talk about it and plenty more on the slate this evening with Mitch Lawrence of Sirius XM NBA Radio. Very excited to get to all of that with you this evening. Well, let's kind of get you started with some of the bigger headlines tonight throughout the sports world, and one of that being Jacob DeGrom was actually scratched from the lineup tonight against the Cardinals. So if you're looking to bet that game, just keep that in mind. Looks like Miguel Castro will be taking his role on the bump. But what uh, Luis Rojas said, the Mets manager, he basically said he let us know earlier today that he had some tightness on his right side. Looks like he is going to go getting an MRI, so we'll see. Hopefully it's nothing too severe, but as we know, Jacob DeGrom continuing to have an outstanding season as he typically does, but keep a lookout for that as now the Mets are minus 103. The Cardinals are the favorite. Minus 114 total. We're seeing at about 8, so something to keep in mind when you're looking forward to tonight's baseball slate, which again we'll touch on later with Jeff Parles. And speaking of action up in New York, uh, let's kind of take a look at some of these odds for NFL Offensive Rookie of the Year. I know we've touched on this before, and we briefly did last night with Tim Murray and looking at how the odds have shifted, but we didn't really go fully into it, and I just wanted to make a point on it again because of a guy playing for a New York team, Zach Wilson. This is someone who we pointed out last week, and this is what you can do to take advantage of these markets early on because when it opened at Bet Rivers, Zach Wilson's odds were as high as double digits. They were 10-1 to 1 to win NFL Offensive Rookie of the Year. Now, Lawrence, I believe, has remained at about 3-1. to one. That's been pretty consistent thus far. But Justin Fields was at about plus 450, somewhere around there. Trey Lance was even lower than where he is now. Both of those guys, we see at about 6-1 to one odds to win the award. You go further down, Najee Harris, 10-1. to one. Jamar Chase, 11-1, along with Kyle Pitts. Mac Jones, 12-1. to one. Uh, Devontae Smith at 14-1. to one. So what I was pretty much alluding to was that Wilson at 10-1 was kind of ridiculous in the sense that he's going to be the starter from day one. That's what we are all assuming is going to happen with the Jets. With Justin Fields and Trey Lance, we're not so certain. I mean, especially with Justin Fields. We were talking about this on the show last week. And, look, Justin Fields is probably going to end up being the starter of the team by the end of the year. There's really no doubt in that. I mean, there's going to come a point in time where all the fans are screaming for Dalton to get out of there or Dalton just is doing subpar. And I think Dalton actually is a decent quarterback. He's serviceable, but he's not going to get you the electricity and the firepower that you need with this Bears offense that has really been inept year after year after year, and we can keep going on and on. Now the big question is, what is this offensive line going to present for the Bears? But regardless, Justin Fields at 6-1, even though he moved down, I still wouldn't look to bet it. I mean, it really just revolves around how good you think he can be and how soon you think he's going to get some playing time. Now, if you think that's going to be very soon and he's going to form well with this squad because 
You look at what these other players have built around them. I mean, Trey Lance has the best squad overall, obviously with the 49ers. Trevor Lawrence, we'll see what the Jacks can do, but those are short odds and, again, not the best surrounding cast. Zach Wilson, that's why the reason you saw him at 10-1 is because he's on the Jets and you don't have high hopes for them offensively. But still, in terms of just the value-wise, I mean, Zach Wilson was to play there. But I just wanted to throw that out, kind of to throw out there that the fact that he's now moved a little bit. So with all of these, even Defensive Player of the Year, too, for rookies, take advantage if you really like these markets now because they are going to be shifting once we get closer and closer to the season, and some of them will just be mispriced in the sense of what we saw Zach Wilson. But, you know, when we were talking about it with Tim Murray, Kyle Pitts is another interesting guy at 11-1. to I get the fear of betting him because there's so many weapons for Atlanta, but he's going to be a guy who has a direct impact on his squad. So that wouldn't be a bad look either for Pitts at 11-1. If you can trust this Falcons offensive line and Matt Ryan to get in the ball enough, I think Kyle Pitts would be pretty viable option as well for double digits at about 11 to 1 but just wanted to throw that out there and let you know uh, where some of these odds have shifted since we briefly touched on it last night with Tim Murray once again the show here is rush hour presented by bet rivers I am Danny Burke your host at Danny Burke fives where you can catch me on Twitter and for VEASAN at VEASAN live and we are live out of the bet river sportsbook tonight just outside of Chicago. We're going to be talking some hoops with Mitch Lawrence in about five minutes or so. Then I got a play and prop shell for the Bucks and Nets game. We'll be talking some more football with the AFC North odds. Take a look at how those have shaped up post-draft. And then we'll hit some Major League Baseball with our main man Jeff Parle. So plenty to come tonight. But let's start out with basketball too because another interesting market in terms of the futures that we've been monitoring really pretty frequently for the most part are the odds to reach the playoffs. And again, I say it every time we talk about it, but it's fascinating because of this playing game factor now. And just because they make the playing game doesn't mean they make the playoffs. So keep that in mind with the stipulations when you're making these bets. They have to get past it and end up as an, at least an eighth seed. But just looking over some of the odds to make or miss the playoffs, again, this has also been really cool to watch because you know sometimes you get a good opportunity with some of these teams who are on the board and they get taken off pretty frequently, like the Wizards, for example, were above 4-1 to one a week or two ago, and that could have been a great opportunity. Is certainly now we know that the Wizards are in the thick of it. So the ones that are posted now, however, uh, we'll start with the Spurs for them to make the playoffs, plus 340 if you think they can find their way in. The no is minus $5. Now, again, looking at these, it's hard to bet some of them because you have to lay so much, but simultaneously could be a good opportunity that presents some value. Spurs right now are in the 10th seed in the West. Uh, even if they still remain in that playing game, if the Pelicans don't overcome them, I don't think this is a team deep enough to, to win two games in single elimination format. So, again, I'm not going to lay the $5, but the Spurs are probably going to miss out on the postseason the Grizzlies is where it gets interesting, though, because the make for Memphis is plus 155. The no is minus $2. Now, Memphis is a team that has enough firepower, in my mind, offensively, and a deep enough team that they could make it throughout this playing game situation. So with them, the plus 155 can be an intriguing slot there. And then you look further down with the Pacers. This is a team we actually bet. We did this about a month ago with the no. I think it was about plus 250, plus 260. We could pull it up eventually, but... We took the no with the Pacers a while back, and now for them to miss the playoffs is minus $2. So again, this is a really cool market to watch kind of progress throughout the year because now that sports betting is being regulated more consistently and just more widespread throughout the country, you're going to get these more unique bets that you can take advantage of. And the Pacers one, certainly with the price that we see now, was one that we did. 
Uh, the Hornets is another one you could take a gander at for them to make the postseason. It's plus 140. No is minus 182. LaMelo Ball back in the mix certainly helps their case. But I think it's a tough call here for the Hornets. Don't want to lay the minus 182, but I don't have the utmost confidence that they can get past Washington at this point, which, again, their odds have been taken off. Then you look at the Western Conference again, the Warriors to make the postseason even money to miss minus one and a quarter. And the Warriors and the Grizzlies are probably two of the toughest teams to decide who's going to make it because I think Portland is going to end up finding their way in. Then it's going to come between Golden State and Memphis. And if you're looking at value, I mean, you go with the Grizzlies at plus 155 at that point. Or, of course, you can wait a little bit till they face each other and see if you could get either better odds or just a better understanding of the matchup. Of course, that's always the case. And then they throw the Lakers out there, too, to make certainly a big favorite there for Los Angeles and to miss uh, some big value there. And so, look, I mean, plus 1,000 for them to miss the playoffs. Realistically, they're going to find their way in. They're probably not even going to be in the playing game. They got a big win uh, last night. So we'll see what this Lakers team can do. But, again, this is really a cool market to kind of keep an eye on as we get closer and closer to the end of this season. I know some of the odds may have slipped away from you because we're getting so close to it, but still some possible good opportunities. Speaking of some good opportunities in terms of betting, let's get some tonight with our main man, Mitch Lawrence, does great work over at SiriusXM. NBA Radio taking a look at tonight's slate in the biggest game, arguably, on tonight's board. Mitch, that we're looking at is the Nets and the Bucks. Now, these two teams just squared off on Sunday. The Bucks defeated the Nets 117-114. to 114. How do you assess this type of game when it's two top teams going virtually back-to-back? -back? Do you look for the Nets to bounce back here with KD and Kyrie in the mix, or do you think the Bucks can do it yet again? I don't expect uh, Giannis Antetokounmpo, Danny, to go for 49. He took season highs. He made a season high 21 shots. He took a season high 36 shots. The Nets were basically daring him to shoot. Maybe they'll come out with a little different strategy. Um, you know, he didn't really kill him down the stretch. What killed the Nets, obviously, was Durant and Irving couldn't make a shot down the stretch, and they were combined, I think, 5 of 15 in that fourth quarter for only 16 points. What are the chances that they're both cold again down the stretch? I like the Nets in this game. I like them to win outright. Uh, I don't see them losing what would be their third straight. This is not a team. This, this team has too much talent to be losing even three straight games with Kyrie and Kevin Durant, never mind that James Harden is not around. So I think we're going to see a tight game like the other night, but I think this time the Nets pull it out. Yeah, I, I'm kind of with you, too. I mean, when you get these two top-tier teams going back-to-back, -back, I think I would have to side with the team that lost in the first matchup, but not even that. I mean, I just think Brooklyn with both Kyrie and KD and have the advantage overall. Now, Mitch, if these teams were to meet in the postseason in a seven-game series, who would you give the advantage to in that spot? Well, is James Harden playing and healthy and the Nets have their big three? Because <laughs> if, if that's the case, then it's going to be hard to beat that team in four games. It's going to be hard for anybody. Um, so I would favor uh, the Nets. Now, if you're going to tell me that they're going to be down one of those guys, Durant's not around for some reason, you know, with his history of injuries. I'm, you know, I picked the Bucks, but look, the Nets are going to have too much firepower, I think, for even in Milwaukee. It'll be interesting to see who gets the home court advantage because it looks like Philly's going to win. That's why these games are so big because the Nets definitely want to finish second. Even with that great firepower, you don't have to go into a Milwaukee in a game seven uh, to just get out of that second round alive. So. Uh, and the other thing we're hoping for here in New York is to see the Nets-Knicks somewhere along the line. I don't know if we'll be able to do that. But getting back to your original question, I've got to favor the Bucks in that. Excuse me, the Nets in that series against the Bucks. Is there a combination of those three guys, if one of them were to be out, that you would favor more so than the other? If 
they have if 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 uh, Durant is out, uh, all bets are off for them. He's the key to the whole thing because he is so. You watch him play; it's just amazing. It's all effortless. He's the best scorer in the league today, flat out. I think um, if he is taken away, that really then the Nets are in big trouble. If you take away Kyrie Irving, they'll still you know what they'll still do great. They might be able to even win the whole thing with a Durant and um, uh, James Harden. I think that if you if the pecking order obviously is KD one, Harden two, and then a big notch down would be Kyrie for me. That's the way I look at it. Yeah, and KD is playing tonight, and it's kind of the same thought process of, look, James Harden can control the rock like Kyrie's done. So that won't be a problem, you would imagine, with a team like Brooklyn who has enough perennial scores. So I'm with you there, and I'm with you tonight. Lean toward Brooklyn, who's catching one and a half tonight against Milwaukee. Let's look a little bit later down on the clock, 7, 10 p.m. Central time tip-off. We got the Heat taking on the Mavericks. <laughs> Looks like no Jimmy Butler, no yeah. Porzingis in this matchup. And we yep. see Dallas now catching one and a half, Mitch. A total at 215. Important game for both squads here. Tough to really assess in my mind which one's going to come out on top. Do you have a strong conviction one way or the other? Well, I think that line's come down right from about three and a half. Yep. Um, I would, you know what? The Mavericks, every time they get beat by Sacramento, <laughs> and they've been beaten three times by the Kings, all humiliating losses. They just come off a loss to the Kings. They've always bounced back with a win. I know Miami's playing well, but without Jimmy Butler, no Oladipo, obviously, no hero, I just think that this is a night, even if they don't have Porzingis, this is a night where Luka Doncic has to stop getting technical fouls and basically give you one of those games where he can go for 30-plus points, you know, 15 assists and 10 rebounds. A big night for Luka Doncic, I would expect. He's got a cool, you know, he's got to stop complaining about all the officiating stuff. He's picked up way too many technicals. I like Dallas in this game a lot. I really do, especially I liked them even before, even with Miami playing well because they're coming off a hideous loss and they can't afford many more of those. And now without Jimmy Butler, I just don't see how Miami's going to win this game. Yeah, and like you mentioned, look, the Heat are on a nice three-game winning streak here, Mitch, but this team really has been kind of frustrating in the sense that you can't get a consistent read on them because they go yep. through their ups and yep. downs. How do you think they fare in the postseason? We know they have the experience now. They have the depth, so to speak, if they can stay healthy. Is this a team you see possibly getting eliminated in the first round, or are they going to make yet another run? Well, it would be interesting. A lot of it has to do with matchups, right? Like, I don't know right now who they have matched up against in the first round. Um, that's going to be the, the tale right there because, like, last year they didn't do great in the bubble, but all of a sudden they've had a real favorable matchup. I think the first-round matchup was with Indiana, and they basically took them out no problem, and that's where they really got rolling. So to me, uh, they're a dangerous team, but they have to be healthy just like everybody else. And this year, I mean, who knows what's going to happen when we go in the playoffs because who knows who's going to be healthy for all these teams or not. So I just have to wait to see what, what, the, uh, what the matchups are with Miami. But you're right. I mean, they do have experience. They do have to get healthy, especially with guys like Hero, to help Jimmy Butler, to help these other guys. They need some more scoring in the playoffs. Otherwise, they'll be in big trouble. All right, Mitch, let's go down to New Orleans. The Pelicans facing the Warriors once again, and the Warriors got a dub against them last night, 123-108. to Curry had himself a nice game, which we're used to seeing at this point of the season. However, Golden State is a two-point dog in this matchup. Total a high one. 235. We just talked about the back-to-back -back kind of factor. How do you figure yeah. it ends up in this matchup? Is Curry playing? I assume he is. They've, you know, I mean, this is a 
in any type of you know any type of situation where there's not seven games to go, you'd say they'd rest them on the second night of a back to back. Gee, I don't know. I, you know, I still have to take a team with Curry over Zion Williamson and and New Orleans. New Orleans is just a terrible defensive team. They're turnover prone. Um, you know, I, I, at this stage, I'm still going. Golden State has much more to play for. I think the, the the Pelicans are basically done. Golden State has much more to play for. If Curry plays, he can explode on you, and I think that's the deal tonight. And before we brought you on, Mitch, we were just talking about the odds to make the playoffs, and the Warriors are one of the teams that had their odds posted for them to make it, getting past the playing game. Uh, the yes is even money. The no is minus 125. I think them and the Grizzlies are the most interesting team within that playing game spot for the Western Conference because then you look at Memphis. For them to make it is plus 155, so some better value. And the no is minus $2. Uh, who do you put on top of the other between Memphis and Golden State? have to pick Golden State. I can't not pick against Steph Curry, Draymond Green. I think these guys, I know Draymond, you know, weeks ago talked about he didn't want to play in the play-in, which a lot of people talk about, but Curry does, and I think by the time we get there, uh, and especially now, Draymond Green will want to be involved in the play-in, so I would pick them over Memphis. Look, Memphis had a tough loss last night. I mean, you're getting beat by a Nick team. They're, they're hot, but they're coming in off travel, back-to-back, et cetera, getting into their hotel at 4 o'clock. And Memphis just didn't deliver last night. So I don't have a lot of faith in them. I have much more faith in Golden State at this point. All right, speaking of teams that we have no faith in whatsoever, how about the Kings and the Thunder tonight, Mitch? Not the prettiest game on the slate, but wanted to see if you had an angle in this one. Sacramento, a five-and-a-half-point road favorite against the Thunder. Total has dropped from about 229-and-a-half down to 227. Is this a spot you have any interest in or no because it's late in the season? It's weird with the incentives for all these players and teams. Is this something you maybe just stick away from? Well, Oklahoma City is tanking, and we saw in one of their recent games they trailed Indiana by 67 points, which is like a world record, almost. It was almost the NBA record for a, a lead. They have no interest in playing, basically. So I would take Sacramento here. I know Sacramento, look, they, you know, they're coming off that, what, the Dallas win. Yeah, there's not a lot of play for for them, but Oklahoma City's just in a total tank mode. So if you had to pick one team, I'm taking the Kings. Yeah, and look, the Kings technically still have a chance to sneak into the plane. It's very unlikely, but they haven't officially been eliminated. So Sacramento's still with yeah. a little bit to play for. As Mitch pointed out, I mean, Oklahoma City at this point basically tanking. So that's a direction I would lean as well as we see. The Kings laying five and a half on the road. And then finally, Mitch, let's take a look at the Clippers taking on the Raptors. Ananobi's going to be out for Toronto, and the Raptors are catching 10. Total at 219. Now the Clippers, this is a big spot for them in the sense that they're on a three-game losing streak. You figure right. they get the win here, but do they cover 10? Yeah, I don't know if they're going to cover 10. Very unimpressive the other day against who was at Denver. Um, and, you know, uh, they haven't lost four straight this year. Uh, they matched their longest losing streak at three, which they had earlier. Um, now uh, Toronto, you know, staying in L.A., Who's to know if the guys partied a little bit, celebrated after that big rout of the Lakers the other night? Don't know what their mindset is. Oh, Ananobi obviously hurts. Um, I, I'm picking the Clippers. Uh, I don't know if Beverly's back tonight, but I'll pick the Clippers, but I won't pick them to cover. I don't think they're going to cover the 10. And Mitch, really quick before we let you go, just speaking of the Clippers and kind of looking further into the postseason, you know, you look at these odds to win the West. The Lakers are still the short shot at plus 175. Then you get the Clippers at plus 240. 
I still kind of think the Clippers may be the most deep team. And, and what people aren't talking about a lot, aside from if they could stay healthy, the acquisition of Rajon Rondo, I think, is going to be really key Dude. for this team in the postseason. I, I think Absolutely. a plus 240, 3-1 would be great, but I, I still think the Clippers are really built for this postseason. Well, I'll tell you what. The Rondo move was the move I've been screaming about all year long. I thought they should have got him before the season. They needed a facilitator. They needed somebody to set up Kawhi and Paul George, and so those guys wouldn't have to expend all that energy starting up the offense. Uh, This is a team that obviously has the disaster from last year that's still fresh in their minds. That's going to be the narrative. Everybody's going to be saying that about them, so they should have a chip on their shoulder to prove people wrong. I don't like the fact they don't have a lot of size. The Baca's got a back issue. But right now, uh, look, yeah, Kawhi, Paul George, they still, to me, look formidable, and Rondo's going to make them a better team. Absolutely, and plus 240, not too bad a value. You'd want a little bit higher, but, hey, they're the Clippers. We're expecting them to be pretty good, and we'll see if that actually comes to fruition. Mitch, as always, we appreciate you taking some time tonight. Enjoy the slate, and we'll catch up soon. Thanks, Danny. Appreciate it. Bye-bye. At Mitch underscore Lawrence is where you can follow him on Twitter. Remember to catch his show, SiriusXM NBA Radio and Mad Dog Radio. Good conversation per usual surrounding hoops. And that's where we'll keep it when we return here on Rush Hour. Let's kind of revisit that Bucks and Nets game. Take a look at a certain player prop that I'm using as a best bet this evening. So we'll share that with you. Then we'll talk some NFL, AFC North odds, and some baseball chatter with our main man Jeff Parles as well. So plenty more to come here on Rush Hour. Stick around. Betting action all night right here on Beeson Sports Betting Network. most out of all odds with bet rivers daily hometown discounts on boost on all of your favorite teams only at your hometown sportsbook and to make your experience even more rewarding bet rivers offers the most live streams of major sports and don't forget those instant payouts and only one time playthrough offer valid in illinois only must be 21 or older gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER not valid for any participant of the illinois gaming board statewide voluntary self-exclusion program once again daily hometown discounts all available at rivers.com. Back at it here. It is Rush Hour. All on Beast and Sports Betting Network. Danny Burke, your host, live out of the Bet Rivers Sportsbook. Big thanks to Mitch Lawrence for hopping on and talking some hoops. Let's keep it right there with the NBA. Kind of go back to that Bucks and Nets game because this is going to be the most exciting one of the evening. And in terms of the spread, we are seeing Milwaukee as a one-and-a-half-point favorite. Looks like they opened up just as about a one-point favorite. So some slight movement toward Milwaukee, who got the win against the Nets on Sunday, 117-114. to 114. They're minus 122 on the money line. Brooklyn, plus 102 on the buyback. Total a high one at 242 and a half. Sheesh. But, look, I, I'm kind of with Mitch. I would be going with Brooklyn here, if anything. Plus 102 on the money line is what I would grab. Haven't played it officially. That would just be more of the lean. But an angle that I did go with, with an official best bet, I was looking at the player props in this spot. 
And I know that Kevin Durant went off, and so did Giannis. Their player props were at about 30, 31 and a half. And while I do believe there's a great chance they go over it again, it's kind of just seeking a little bit better angle with a different player who I don't have to count on dropping into the 30s. So uh, Chris Middleton is the guy that I'd seeked out. And his points prop this evening, 21 and a half at Bet Rivers. The over, the slight favorite, minus one and a quarter. The under, minus 103. Now, on the year, Middleton's averaging about 20 points per game. However, he's gone over 21 and a half the last six out of eight games. Plus, in both contests versus Brooklyn, he's gone over this mark. On Sunday, he went 11 of 21 from the floor, 3 of 7 from beyond the arc, 1 of 1 from the charity stripe, and dropped 26 points. So clearly got over this mark, 21 and a half. But it's not the only time that he's faced up against uh, Brooklyn on January 18th. Yes, it was a different-look Brooklyn team, but... Still went 10 to 20 from the floor. Uh, 0 of 5 from beyond the arc, which seldom seen from Chris Middleton. 5 of 6 from the charity stripe and racked up 25 points in that game. So in two contests against Brooklyn, 26 and 25 for Chris Middleton. Yet, you're seeing his points prop at 21 and a half. Now it is shaded to the over, but I still laid it. I laid minus 125 for Middleton to go over 21 and a half points. Uh, look, with Middleton, about half of his shots are coming from mid-range. 32% are coming from beyond the arc. He's making 46% of his shots from mid-range and 43% from three, so very effective shooter. And the Nets, when you look at them defensively, they're allowing opponents to make about 43% of their shots from all mid-range. That ranks 26 worst in the NBA. Now from beyond the arc, they are a little bit better. They're allowing opponents to just shoot 37% from beyond the arc, which is 13th in the league, so not too shabby, but... Mid-range, where he's taking a majority of his shots, that's where the Nets are even worse defensively. So I took advantage of the lower prop number here. I think it's a good spot, even though you got to lay minus 125. We do it if we feel we have a strong sense, and I do with Chris Middleton. So I played him over 21.5 at about minus 125 for the matchup between the Bucks and the Nets tonight. That one's starting at about 10 minutes, so be sure if you want to bet it to get that in as soon as possible. But I kind of wanted to revisit sticking in the NBA. We'll talk some football next and then some baseball with Jeff Parles. But before we hit the break, I wanted to hit some NBA futures really quick because we were kind of talking about this with Mitch Lawrence. Uh, look, for the Western Conference, I, I, I'm still there with the Clippers. Like, plus 240, I still think is a viable option for the Clippers. The Lakers at plus 175. Again, too short of a number, and especially with a team that's been dealing with injuries all season long. No shot that I would play that. The Jazz at plus 325, too short. And also, I still don't trust this Utah team, and it's another squad dealing with injuries consistently. Yes, Phoenix at plus 650 could be enticing, especially if they're the number one seed. But do we really think they're going to find their way outside of the Western Conference Finals? It would be tough to imagine that. The Nuggets would have been great if Murray doesn't go down, but they're 15-1. to Mavericks 19-1. to It's tricky. So, look, the Clippers at plus 240. Again, like I said, I wish it was at 3-1 to because then I would play it. But if I was doing anything with the Western Conference, the Clippers at plus 240 still would be the good look for me. Now, if you missed it last week, a play that we actually did play in terms of the conference finals, we went with the Eastern Conference and played the Sixers at plus 440. And they still have not shifted whatsoever. So if you want to jump in on that, you could still do that at Bet Rivers because then you get the Bucks at plus 350. Again, Milwaukee, I don't think, is a deep enough team to come out of the East. And Brooklyn, once again, beating the dead horse with the injuries, not going to lay minus 112 with them. So the Sixers plus 440 is the one we officially would play, and, or we did play, and the one I would play also, the Clippers at plus 240. But all right, we're going to switch it up, hit the gridiron. Let's talk some NFL next on Rush Hour.
know that our VEASAN experts are covering every sport on the board this spring to find the best bets every single day. And now is a great time to invest in your long-term betting success. We provide all the tools you need to make the most informed bet every time, even if that means telling you when, when not to make a bet or your best option because our 24-7 video coverage, data, and analysis all on VEASAN.com will get you set up. Plus, you get daily members-only best bet emails and in-depth coverage every major event all available in point spread weekly it's designed to improve your sports success year-round so your bankroll lasts longer and you can increase your sports betting iq learn from our experience and put our team to work for you today with a recent 10-day free trial all available at vsin.com slash subscribe it is vsin the sports betting network welcome back to rush hour danny burke your host we're talking some NFL now, and we'll get some baseball next with tonight's slate. Jeff Parles, host of Eason's Bet Center, will be jumping on for a few minutes to get some of his best bets on the diamond. But kind of revisiting our NFL discussion, we like to keep the odds still updated and see where they shift from before the draft, after, and heading closer to the season. And a division that kind of caught our eyes and attention was the AFC North. Now, the news coming out of that today is Alejandro Villanueva, going to be with the Ravens now for an offensive tackle, going to re be uh, replacing Orlando Brown Jr., who now a part the Kansas City Chiefs. But we kind of just wanted to look in this division specifically, see where the odds stacked up and how each team individually sort of did in the draft. So first of all, just looking at the odds to win the AFC North, the Ravens are the short shot, plus 120. The Browns, who a lot of people think had a great draft, myself included, they're at plus 150. The Steelers, 4-1. to one. Then you get the Bengals at 20-1. to one. Still salty that they didn't draft Sewell and instead went with Jamar Chase. But hey, like Schlereth said, Mark Schlereth, crappy franchises are going to do dumb things like that. Or, you know, I'm paraphrasing, but it was something along those lines. And that's what the Bengals ended up doing. Now, starting with the Ravens, just kind of looking deeper into their betting profile. Their odds at Bet Rivers to make the playoffs. The yes is minus 335. The no is plus 260. Their win total, we see it about 10.5, shaded to the over, minus 155. The under 10.5 is plus 127. So, look, this Ravens team with their draft, I mean, Rashad Bateman, solid selection out of Minnesota, wide receiver, necessity for the squad. The thought process was with those two picks in the first round, the other one they acquired from Kansas City, one of them was going to be receiver, one was going to help out defensively. So they got Bateman. Then it got away from Penn State, the linebacker, who's going to help out tremendously with this defense that is already solid, but still a side of the ball that needs some gaps filled. They also helped out on the offensive front a little bit with Ben Cleveland out of Georgia, another receiver in Wallace, and then really kind of just went defensively. So they invested a lot in their defense. Offensively, the big need was a receiver, and they snagged two of them. We know how dominant they can be with Lamar Jackson under helm, especially how mobile he is. So I really like what the Ravens did in terms of their draft. I wouldn't say it was great per se, but I think it was good and it'll suffice. And they address their needs. Now, the Browns on the other side, again, they come in at plus 150. The Ravens are at plus 120. I would be, I don't know if I'd be a little bit more inclined to bet the Browns to win the AFC North because you're not getting that much better value. And at the end of the day, it seems like in the back of your mind, you still kind of just don't trust the Browns enough to win the division and or overcome the Ravens. But uh, in terms of their other betting profile, you can do for them to make the playoffs. The yes is the favorite, minus $2. The no, the slight dog at plus 163. Now, I know it's no fun laying $2, so maybe you want to look at their win total, which we see at 10, over, under, minus 110 each way. But with Cleveland, they really got some solid guys. They got Greg Newsom, the second, the cornerback out of Northwestern. Koromoa, Jeremiah 
Owasua Koromora. I know I'm going to butcher that name, but <laughs> inside linebacker out of Notre Dame. Great pickup as well. Anthony Schwartz, the wide receiver out of Auburn. James Hudson, offensive tackle out of Cincinnati. The list kind of goes on, addressing a lot uh, defensively mostly for Cleveland. Now, this is a team that defensively they do have some notable guys, but a lot of times they're either banged up or really just didn't play as well as we thought they would. So they're addressing those needs big time with their first two picks in the draft. I think that's going to be very viable for them. And overall, just at a really solid draft for Cleveland. Now, can Baker Mayfield replicate what we saw from him this past year, especially in the latter half of the season? He kind of finally came around. Uh, OBJ, who knows what the status with him is going to be, only even with health or what team he's going to be on. I know there's rumors about him getting traded. We'll see if that comes to fruition. But you just really need Nick Chubb and that offensive line to stay solid, to stay tough. Baker Mayfield can make these short little passes to Landry and the rest of the squad but you need that offensive line to help out with Nick Chubb. And if that's the case, you think the defense is going to improve, this Cleveland team's only going to improve at this point. So good draft overall by the Browns. Now a team that I wasn't too fond with their draft per se, the Pittsburgh Steelers. Uh, again, for them to win the division, it's at 4-1. to one. Looking further into their individual odds to make the playoffs, the yes is plus 154. The no is the favorite at minus 190. I Finding it hard to think that the Steelers, well, maybe not finding it hard, but I'm not rushing by any means to assume that Pittsburgh is going to make the postseason. Another win total at 8.5, shaded slightly to the over, minus 125. Under 8.5 is plus 103. In my opinion, their best pick was their first pick, and it usually should be. But still, Najee Harris running back out of Alabama, yes, that's a need that they needed to address. But then they go with the tight end next, and then they kind of just go all over the place a little bit. I mean... A lot defensively, you get a punt or two. You help out the offensive line a tad bit as well. Dan Moore Jr., the offensive tackle out of Texas A&M. Kendrick Green, the guard out of Illinois. We'll see how that pans out, but nothing that really gave me a lot of confidence in Pittsburgh whatsoever. So the Steelers are going to be a team that I'd probably be avoiding to bet the division or to make the playoffs for sure. And then you get the Bengals. How about their profile in terms of at bet Rivers? Their odds to make the playoffs, the yes is plus 400. No is minus 560. So, yes, they still got an offensive lineman with their second pick and Jackson Carmen out of Clemson. So, solid pick. Jamar Chase, we know, was their first one. Then they help out with a couple defensive ends. Kind of just go really both on the trenches on both sides. So, look, Cincinnati is going to be a work in progress. We'll see how the coaching staff can handle this squad. We'll see how Joe Burrow bounces back and if the offensive line can protect them enough. Six and a half, again, it's tricky. Going to have to look into their schedule a little bit more so, but... Just wanted to throw some of these numbers out there so you kind of get a clue as we head closer and closer to training camp in the summer, and you can see if they really alter whatsoever. But the team that could be the most interesting is the Cleveland Browns. But again, the reason that I wouldn't necessarily rush to bet it is because plus 150, not that great a value, and not that far behind the Ravens who are at plus 120. So if you still think Baltimore is going to be the cream of the crop and could still dominate, then hey, maybe as you get further in the season, their odds are only going to get bet more and go down, so that would maybe be a team that you get a little bit better look at because you trust Baltimore, or at least you, we have in the past, more than we have with Cleveland. Maybe the Ravens could look at plus 120, but that doesn't mean I wouldn't look at the Browns make the postseason, even though you're laying $2, or over their win total of 10. Dressing defensive needs will be big for Cleveland. All right, enough football talk here on the show. Let's talk some baseball tonight. Slate coming up next. Jeff Parles has some plays for us, so stick around. He'll dish him out. We wrap up a Tuesday edition of Rush Hour here on Beeson, the Sports Betting Network.
Get the most out of all odds with Bet Rivers. Daily hometown discounts on boosts on all of your favorite teams only at your hometown sportsbook. To make your experience even more rewarding, Bet Rivers offers the most live streams of major sports, instant payouts, and only one time playthrough. Offer valid in Illinois only, must be 21 or older. Gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Not valid for any participant of the Illinois Gaming Board statewide voluntary self-exclusion program. Daily hometown discounts, all available at rivers.com. Wrapping up another edition of the show. It is Rush Hour right here on VEASAN, the Sports Betting Network. Danny Burke, your host, live out of the Bet Rivers Sportsbook in Des Plaines, Illinois, and welcoming on out of the West Coast, Jeff Parles, host of VEASAN's Bet Center, to talk some baseball and Jeff, your boy Jacob DeGrom scratched from the lineup tonight as they're taking on the St. Louis Cardinals. Now the Mets minus 103 at Bet Rivers. The Cardinals minus 114. Total we see at 8. You and I were kind of joking before we just brought you on here. Would only be classic if the Mets offense goes off now that DeGrom is out of the mix. Isn't that right? Well, I mean, it, it would make sense. <laughs> I mean, it would make sense if that happened. Uh, it, it seems that the Grom is uh, his injury is not significant. Probably missed this start and maybe one more, and then should be back on the saddle based off of reports I've seen out of New York. So uh, that likely won't shift any Cy Young things, or at least it shouldn't uh, in those futures. But for tonight, uh, bullpen game. Miguel Castro will be the opener, and then I would imagine you'll see Jordan Yamamoto uh, come in after that. It just got called up from Syracuse. Uh, but but look, Danny, I, I would say more than anything, if you're going to play this game tonight, I would only look to the over at eight and a half. Uh, I know Aviedo's been good, but it's in a very small sample size for St. Louis. The Cardinals lineup is really hitting right now. And even though the Mets fired Chili Davis last night, a, a move they probably should have made in between last season and this season, um, making it about a month into the year, uh, I would imagine that would work towards the Mets offense being uh, a little more awake tonight. So I, I would only play this game over, Danny. That would be the only thing I would do. Jeff, it wouldn't be a baseball team that we like unless one of them or both of them fire Chili Davis. So that's all part of the plan. Uh, but, hey, we'll see We'll see how the Mets do here. I'm kind of with you, though, because you can get eight at the total right now. So, yeah, I mean, the over at this point would probably be the only angle I would look at as well. It gets a little bit trickier when you have a late scratch with a pitcher. But I'm with you. We'll look toward the total eight and go over. Uh, let's look at another matchup down in Kansas City. This Royals team, you know, you along with a few other people here on the network called them out in the sense that, hey, this could be a dark horse squad, especially early on, and that's exactly what's come to fruition. Now, tonight they're taking on the Indians. Mike Miner, the Southpaw, is going to be taking the bump for Kansas City, and it looks like they've got some love on the market, minus 136 up to minus 143, plus 120 for the Indians on the buyback. Total we're seeing at 9. Look, it's kind of tough to lay minus 143, in my opinion, especially with a Kansas City team that is probably going to be prone to losing certain spots they shouldn't because now that we're a little accustomed to them being better, that's just going to happen. Is that kind of how you see it, though, minus 143 a little bit too high? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I, I don't want anything to do with this. Uh, even though Cleveland won last night and actually had a good offensive performance, which uh, uh, I'm not sure how many of those they're actually capable of, Danny, but uh, the the pitcher for Cleveland tonight, uh, I, I it was supposed to be Henches, and that will be Maiden uh, going for them tonight. Uh, I, look, I I don't I don't really know anything about him at all. Uh, Phil Maiden, that is. So look, it's uh, it, it's just one of those where the numbers just it's too steep on Kansas City, but I really don't want to bet Cleveland either. So this is a stay off. 
All right, let's look forward to the Angels and the Rays. 8.38 Central Time, first pitch. The Angels minus 113, the Rays minus 104. Total at 8.5. Looks like Cobb is going to be taking the bump for the Angels going against McClanahan for Tampa Bay. The Southpaw has only pitched four innings so far this season. How do you handicap, if at all, a team who throws out a pitcher like that that really hasn't seen much action? Yeah, it's uh, look, it's it's difficult. Uh, the the start from McClanahan, uh, the Rays did lose that game, but his stuff was pretty electric. Uh, hey, but uh, look, I, the Angels are just one of those teams I can't really figure out right now. Uh, so I, I'm going to stay off of this. I don't want anything to do with the total. The total feels right as well. Uh, again, these a lot of these games that that have not not started yet are are, are pretty tough caps tonight, Danny. Yeah, they really are. And I mean, both of these teams kind of are in general, Jeff. Like the Rays early have not really had that much success offensively. And the Angels, again, like last season, people have higher expectations for them. And it's just not really happening constantly. But I think as the season kind of goes on, the Angels will start to pick it up. Is this a team you think could present some value until then? Nah, their pricing's still kind of off, though, Danny. I mean... Uh, whenever Otani is uh, is supposed to pitch, he's about about twenty five cents uh, too too short. Uh, obviously, got scratched last night. And if you got a got a number on Glass now uh, and the Rays without having to list the pitchers, or if you only list the Glass now, you did really well for yourself uh, on that because Tampa won that game comfortably and closed a pretty sizable favorite in that one once Otani got scratched. But no, I, I don't I don't know. They're not a, they're not really a game to game team with me. I just it, their their numbers just are to me about ten cents uh, in their favor, a little bit more than I would make it right now. So if anything, there's an advantage I'm betting against them. Even though in the long run, that AL West is really wide open to me. I, I'm still not fully convinced the Astros are really that good. Uh, Granky's getting shelled early in the game against the Yankees uh, in that bloodthirsty crowd in the Bronx uh, tonight, and then uh, the A's. The A's had that great hot streak, but I'm not convinced they're all that good either so that division is wide open but uh for a game-to-game basis i don't really want anything to do with the angels unless obviously there will be times where they're like oh that's a pretty good price on them we'll take that but tonight's not one yeah. of those nights yeah I- i'm with it i agree with the otani kind of outlook of everything i mean he gets adjusted so heavily just because of the name and i think everybody rushes to bet it regardless and just because we're assuming he's gonna have a great outing every single time but you got to be a little bit weary of the injuries with him that we saw. What scratched him out yesterday, putting Quintana, and when it's Quintana, it's automatically a fade, and that came to fruition if you bet it, if you had glass now in the race. So I'm with you in terms of the Angels. You mentioned the A's, though, Jeff. Uh, Oakland tonight getting a lot of love in the market. Minus 116 at the opener. Now they're minus 132. The Blue Jays plus 114. Total we're seeing at 9. It is shaded to the under. A's got the dub against Toronto last night, five to four. You think they go back to back? I, I actually would bet Toronto. If you're going to give me a plus price with the Jays against Cole Irvin, I, I think you're almost obligated to do that. And if Irvin pull, puts together his third straight good start in a row, you just tip your cap and say, "All right, well, this guy did something I didn't think he was capable of." So I, I, I would be, I would only bet Toronto here. Uh, young starter Anthony Kay just making his second start of his career. So uh, just, uh, or excuse me, of this season, I should say. But uh, look, it's it, it's one of those where if you're going to give me Toronto's lineup as, as 
that big of a I, I would have expected this to be like uh, Oakland minus one fifteen, kind of like where it was on the opener, where you get a minus one fifteen, minus one hundred five scenario. But uh, if you're going to get Oakland in the minus one thirties, you, you kind of have to take Toronto on that plus price coming back. Yeah, and especially with the lineup that they present on a daily basis. That was kind of how I was looking at it yesterday. Nothing that I bet, but it's it's always a good opportunity looking at Toronto for a plus price, which we saw so often this past season, and tonight could be another good opportunity. Now, Jeff, really quick before we let you go, a team that I wanted to talk about who's made the headlines as of late, uh, the Chicago White Sox losing another promising young player in Luis Robert, and there's been the rumblings of Tony La Russa not being favored by the clubhouse. Shocker, I know. Who could have saw that coming, Jeff? Uh, what do you make of this White Sox team going further down the season? Is this a squad you're looking to fade? I, you, first off, the La Russa news is like the least surprising news that could have yes. popped out of that clubhouse. <laughs> I'm just surprised it happened that quickly. I would have expected this to be like the dog days of early uh, of mid-July, right before the trade deadline. I would have expected this, not the first week of May. Uh, but look, they, they, here's the, the one thing that the White Sox do benefit from. That division, let's just look at it right now. The Twins look horrible right now. Cleveland just doesn't have enough offense to realistically compete. The Tigers are probably baseball's worst. And the other Kansas City team, that's a nice story, but they're playing above their heads right now. So even with being without two elite pieces in the outfield, obviously, Eloy, we're probably not going to see for a very long time. And now, like you said, Robert with the hit, hip, uh, we're not going to see him for months on end at this rate. But look, they're, they're a team that still has enough pop. They obviously still have the reigning MVP in the lineup. Uh, the, that is a team that, uh, again, that will be matchup specific, but I, I don't I, I don't think anyone in that division is really capable of getting in front of the White Sox and getting up on a margin that is not make upable for that Sox team. So even with the injuries, I still think they're fine long term. And obviously, yes, I, this goes for every team, Danny, just a game by game basis. And uh, like tonight, I did bet that that game in Cincinnati over uh, just because I, I don't think Dylan Cease is really any good. And Hoffman, come on now. I mean, Jeff Hoffman. The, 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 uh, the White Sox can't hit him. That, that's, that's completely ridiculous. So, uh, but, but look, they're, uh, they'll be fine in the long – they'll be fine long term just because that division just is not any good. Yeah, you're right. I mean, and that's the thing. People may be looking at the Royals 4-1. to How could that be? But like you said, it's a nice too story. Short. I think Way they'll come too back short. down. Yeah, and they'll come back down to earth at some point. The Twins at plus 340, a little bit too far behind right now. White Sox minus 155 is steep, but I do think they still find a way to come out on the top of that division. So, hey, best of luck to the Southsiders around us. We'll be seeing what happens with Chicago later on this season. And, Jeff, best of luck with all your wagers in baseball and all the other sports, my man. Thanks for taking some time. Thank you, Danny. At Jeff Parles, where you can catch him on Twitter, host of Decent's Bet Center. Saturdays and Sundays right here on VEASAN, the Sports Betting Network. And that's going to wrap up yet another edition of Rush Hour here on VEASAN. And we already had our play going underway with Chris Middleton, so we're not going to throw that out once again because that game's already underway. But if you did follow that, best of luck. Hopefully we get ourselves another winner in the NBA. Best of luck with all your other wagers. Big thanks to the crew back in Vegas and right here in Chicago. And thanks to all of you for tuning in from all of us here at VEASAN. Take care. We'll see you tomorrow.